Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Colby Cast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. On this episode, Luke and I are going to give you all our Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies. Hello, Luke. Hi. Caleb is out Christmas shopping right now. So we're not uh, able to have him join us for this discussion, for our conversation. Uh, but I'm sure he would have lots to say about it. So maybe he'll give us his list and we can uh, tweet it or something. But um, a couple of um, a couple of uh, like a couple days ago, you brought up this concept of Ma- a Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies. And I thought it was really a cool concept. So explain to me again and to those listening to us what a Mount Rushmore is in your mind. So in South Dakota, there's this mountain, and they put a bunch of pictures <laughs> of old white dudes on it. Yes. Um, yes, that's literally what Mount Rushmore is. So I like the idea of having your Mount Rushmore of, you know, your list of anything, because I have a hard time picking my favorite. I'm very indecisive, and I change my opinion a lot. But I think having a universal... Like what you can pick is your favorite, and it doesn't even have to be favorite. Like some, some of the stuff that I'm gonna list might not be my favorite, but I just feel like it, it deserves its flowers. You know, it, it deserves <laughs> its day in the sun, and I think that's what your list should be. And that's why I thought it would be a great idea to record this and put it out there for everybody because especially now at the end of the year we're into december and pretty soon we're going to be bombarded with lists uh over the last year right or the best of 2022 or this and that a year end recaps and reviews which i love all of that stuff but i enjoy the fact that this is a little bit of a twist on that so i don't have to put things in order like a number five is better or worse than anything else on the list, but it's a Mount Rushmore. The the four white dudes that you mentioned in in uh, on that mountain, they're next to each other, right? They're right next to each other. So there wasn't in one higher, one lower. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about these four movies as if they're equal, but we just wouldn't miss our opportunity to watch them, right? In in Christmas around Christmas time, exactly. And there are some that I will say that I like more than the others, hmm. but I, I have a hard time picking favorites in most things. And especially in this list. We it, Now you're telling me after we've ranked, uh, you know, how many, a dozen different shows from Disney plus and, yeah, and how many times when we rank it, do we change our rankings? That's a good idea. I, uh, that's a good, a good point. I should say, I should go back and check it out and see if we have done that. Maybe some astute uh, Colby cast listeners have caught, have caught the, uh, the fact that we've done that. <laughs> Maybe not. So, uh, question. Another question for you before we get into our movies, um, because this is a very a modern, very modern thing that we we sort of need to define what we're looking at as a Christmas movie, because I don't know if this is if this is going to be a thing or not, but I'm going to guess that Die Hard is going to be mentioned by you at some point. Maybe, maybe not. Don't confirm. But that seems to be in the middle of a lot of discussion online about, is this a Christmas movie? Is this not a Christmas movie? I really don't engage in that discussion very much, but I would love to know, what is your definition of a Christmas movie? My personal definition is that it takes place during the holidays, or it involves the holidays in some capacity. The story of the movie. The story of the movie between... The day after Thanksgiving until New Year's. 
Okay. If it's gotcha. in that time frame, it's a Christmas. Movie. It's a Christmas movie. I don't necessarily need Santa. I don't need snow. I think if it's in that time frame and you mention the holidays once, I count it as a Christmas movie. What if there isn't much of a mention of holidays, but it is taking place clearly in the winter time? So that's an interesting point, and I'm good with it. I'm not. I'm like. I'm not gonna fight you. Like I think Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Okay. Because why not? Like, mm-hmm. You know, it, you there is no criteria for it, so don't try to make one for it, right? Sure. But, you know, I think a lot of people look for specific things out of it. And I had this conversation yesterday with a lot of the kids that I coach because I was curious. And they were saying, I asked them, you know, what are your favorite Christmas movies and whatever. And... um I asked them what makes a Christmas movie to them, and the things that they were saying were like, you know, themes of family, togetherness. Oh, interesting. Um, and that's not necessarily specific to Christmas. Sure. You see it in sure. a lot of Christmas movies. Sure. But, you know, I asked them, you know, does Santa have to be in it? Oh, no. Okay. Do reindeers have to be in it? No. Do you have to exchange gifts? Does it have to be a Christmas tree? You know, what about it has to be in I think there's no real right or wrong answer, but you know it when you see it, right? So and you feel it in your bones. So the question I asked them was, because I like to play both sides. I like to play <laughs> the devil's advocate. The question I asked was, is Miracle a Christmas movie? Miracle, the story about the U.S. Olympic hockey team 1980. that won the gold medal and beat the Big Red Machine, uh, also known as the Soviet-Russian... Uh, hockey team that had won every gold medal for decades before and a plucky upstart group of hockey players from the U S ended up defeating them and winning gold uh, in 1980. So yes. Is that a Christmas movie? Important to point out it has Christmas in it. It takes place during the winter Olympics and it's the winter Olympics. They celebrate Christmas together. Yes. They dress. Someone dresses up as Santa Claus at the game. This is true, right? Santa Claus is in it. There's, There's a gift snow. exchange. There's a gift exchange. Outdoor football at night in the snow. But it doesn't just play, take place during Christmas, true. right? It takes very place true. over the course of an entire year. Yeah, it's a very large scope of time. Exactly. So, what makes a Christmas? I mean, it actually it starts at a Christmas party. You're if right. You remember, it. it's true. You're right. They're at a Christmas party. Mm-hmm. And then the movie ends, I think, in early January. I think because that's when the Winter Olympics are yeah. over. So, you know, is that a Christmas movie? If it is, I would have it on my list. But I don't necessarily count it as a Christmas movie okay. because I think Christmas takes a back seat to other things in that movie. It's true. It's not the it's, primary. It's focus. not about Christmas. Sure, 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 sure. Right. This is true. I think it's an interesting discussion. I think you bring up some very good points. Uh, I had a similar discussion. You mentioned talking to your hockey players that you coach. Uh, I would, I'd be interesting to I'd be interested to know what is the age range of the kids you are asking because you coach, you know, various ages. Eleven to fourteen. Okay, so we're looking at the eleven to fourteen demographic, and that's what they came up with. Interesting. And what was their consensus? Is was Miracle a Christmas movie to them? Well. I'm a pretty convincing person. <laughs> so if they thought that it was, I convinced them that it wasn't. Okay. And if that if they believed that it 
wasn't I convinced them that it was. But I think for the most part, they agreed that it wasn't a Christmas movie. It's a hockey movie that takes place during Christmas. Parts of it. Because parts of it also take place during the spring, summer, summer and fall. (laughs) Uh, So I bring that up because I had an interesting conversation. I actually had this conversation with mom. And I asked her what her what her definition of Christmas uh, a Christmas movie was, and and I honestly, a shocker, I had no opinion on this. So going into it, I don't know. Like you sort of said, it, it's um, it was uh, if it, it is, it's either it is either is or it either isn't, right? You sort of feel it. Like is this a Christmas movie or not? It was just sort of the way I looked about looked at it, and it really wasn't even on my radar, to be quite honest. So when this topic came up that we were going to talk about, I, I went to the person that I go to for the best advice in the world, which is my wife, your mom. So I asked her what her opinion was and her definition. She said uh, something similar to what you just said, which was if it takes place during Christmas, it's a Christmas movie. Um, so I went with it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to adopt that. I'm going with it. I like it. But then I started um, thinking further about the subject, and I actually added just a little like subcategory to that just to personalize it. And for me, I, I thought to myself, is it something – I think it's important that I want to watch it around Christmas time, right? That's a good point. So same thing with Christmas music. And I think in another episode coming up soon, we're going to get into Christmas music, but – I'm I'm I love Christmas music. I love Christmas. I love all Christmas stuff. I'm a Christmas nerd. Love it. Uh, but I also don't want to experience Christmas things year round. I'm just not that type of person. I don't need to start celebrating it in September or the week before Halloween. I, I don't necessarily need that. I'm not going to fight against it. But at the same time, I'm not looking for it. But I really don't go out of my ways to wa- go out of my way to watch a Christmas movie any other time of the year except Christmas. Unless it's Die Hard, which you say is a Christmas movie, because I, I you used your miracle example. I mean, you used Die Hard. Die Hard is an action movie that takes place during Christmas. I actually Googled when it came out, and it was released on July 22nd, 1988. And I just did that to confirm my own memory because I remembered seeing it in the summertime. Well, summertime is when like the action movies and the big blockbusters would come out and, and watch in theaters. And I remember Die Hard hitting the theaters in, in the summertime. So it's true. So that's an action movie that takes place during Christmas. Yeah. Um, I also am not going to go out of my way to watch Die Hard right now at Christmas time. But I would go out of my way to watch How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which clearly is a Christmas movie and is one that I would want to watch at this time of year. So that was just sort of like my own personal caveat that I put in there. Would I want to watch it right now during the Christmas season or would I not? So um, that's sort of what I use to put my list together of my Mount, Mount Rushmore. So anyway, that was an interesting conversation. I always find it interesting that people actually have really well thought out opinions on this. And apparently both of us do as well. So let's get into it. Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies, not necessarily good or uh, better or worse than another, or one is better than four, but these are four movies that we love that are Christmas movies, and we would we would definitely want to watch during the Christmas time. So go for it. Your, your first one on Mount Rushmore. Again, not my... I don't know if it's, I would say it's my favorite, but I got to go with the classic 
and I actually just finished watching this because I wanted to refresh my brain on it. Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, interesting. See, I put that in a completely different category. Really? But I'm glad that you've brought it up. So Did you please, count it as a movie? I counted it as a as not as a movie. It's like a special. But I don't know. Where, I mean, it should be brought up. And why not on a Christmas movie list? So please tell me what you love about Charlie Brown Christmas. I'm thrilled you brought this up. I love everything about it. Mm-hmm. Just like the... It just feels so cozy. Like you feel like you're sitting in a cup of hot cocoa while you're watching it. And I love the peanuts. I think that the humor and like the meta commentary in peanuts is hilarious, especially considering the time. Like it's it's so funny. Um, (laughs) I just, I wrote a couple things down about it. The music is great. Absolutely. But it's it's peanuts. So of course it's going to be. I love. Like, I, I like edgy humor a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the humor is, like, edgy enough mm-hmm. where, like, Charlie Brown is talking about um, how he's feeling depressed mm-hmm. and starts to rant to Lucy in front of her, um, I forgot what it says. Uh, oh, the doctor is in? Or yeah, the doctor, the doctor is, is in, not but in. it says something, yeah. like, specific, like... Uh, psychiatric advice. Psychiatric advice, yeah. Five cents. And... He says, I think I'm feeling depressed. And she goes, before you keep talking, I require payment up front. <laughs> and so he gives her a nickel and she starts, it's in a can and she starts shaking. She's like, I love the sound of cold, hard cash. I love nickels. And she's just talking about how much she loves money. Nickels, nickels, nickels. Nickels, nickels, nickels. It's so funny. And then <laughs> she just starts listing a bunch of phobias. And like, are you afraid of the ocean? Because then you have whatever, whatever. Are you afraid of stairs? Because you have whatever, whatever, whatever. And of course, he just sits there and he takes it because he's Charlie Brown. He's Charlie and why Brown. wouldn't he? Good grief. And I love the commercialization of Christmas in Charlie Brown. Yeah. Where everyone, like you got the tree. Yep. He wanted a nice little tree, but they all wanted a pink aluminum one. Which I it, was that a thing? Because as long as I've been alive, I've never seen a pink aluminum tree. <laughs> You're asking me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I I don't know, and it's only because this special is actually older than I am. Yeah. So it's clearly commenting on the time that it was written and produced, and I don't. I want to say that, yes, there was a time where people were putting up metal Christmas trees, but not that I can remember in my life. We always had a, you know, a a natural tree. Um, We have now gone the artificial route because it's just more practical, but it's beautiful. They do great jobs with them now. But a pink aluminum Christmas tree, I don't know if that's a historical fact, if that was happening. But I like to believe that it did. And... Even if it is like a, an exaggeration, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, and everyone around him, everyone around Charlie Brown is talking about like presents, money. Like, <laughs> uh, what's his sister's name? Sally. Um, Sally. He's walking to the auditorium because he's going to direct the play. <laughs> and Sally goes, hey, big brother, I've been looking for you. I need you to write a letter to Santa. <laughs> and... She starts listing all the things that she wants, and she goes, please note size and color. Um, if, it, if it's too difficult, 
please send um, compensation in the form of cash, <laughs> tens and twenties. <laughs> but he, she even started saying, like, how was your summer? How was your wife? And it's, it's uh, like... I don't know the audience that Peanuts was made for. Yeah. Because, like, on one hand, you could say it's a cartoon, and cartoons are for kids. But but this isn't. This isn't. <laughs> and I think you can be a kid and enjoy it. But I just, I love the humor in it, and it, it just, it feels so Christmas. Yeah. And this is, a, like, it's a, it's a personal one for me that I really enjoy, yeah. and I will put in my top four. But you don't, you don't have what you have now without the Peanuts. I think you're You don't have correct. The Simpsons. You don't have some of like the most iconic pop culture right. phenomenons. Right. You don't have it without the peanuts. No. The peanuts peanutted so everyone else could peanut. Yes, and, and peanutting they are. They are. And to think that um, it came from a comic strip, right? A daily printed in the newspaper, and then it became very, very popular. So they started making cartoons uh oh man i i I had i could go on and on about the charlie brown christmas special but i'm not going to uh because i i I would probably talk the rest of the episode if i'm being quite honest but i i love the fact that's how good it is it is it really is the fact that um the fact that it wasn't supposed to do very well uh, I read an article or uh, maybe like a little bit of a history on it uh, a few years ago, and nobody expected it to be popular when it came out. And there's a lot of reasons for that that maybe we'll get into in another episode of the Colby cast. But I love the fact that it wasn't supposed to do well. And here we are talking about it, you know, 50 plus years later. And, um, and it's still as relevant, I think, today as it was, maybe even more so, uh, than it was when it first came out. So, way to kick things off. I, I feel so silly giving you my first on my list because it's just it's um, it's just not as it's classic, but it's just not as classic as a Charlie Brown Christmas. And um, it's Home Alone. <laughs> you know, when I was talking to the kids, there was a consensus one and two. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. And Home Alone was one of them. Okay. And I think that Home Alone is a classic in its own right. Mm-hmm. I really think it is. There's actually a show on Netflix called The Movies That Made Us, I believe is what it's titled. Uh, and they go behind the scenes of various movies. And they just tell the story about how it was made. It's not like a behind the scenes type of show about like, you know, like uh, Marvel does their Marvels assembled after each movie or after each show. And it sort of gives you a background, you know, um, how things were made and whatnot. But this show goes into it. Actually, they interview like the, the filmmakers and the writers, the producers, and they give these interesting anecdotes about movies. And Home Alone, the episode of that is very interesting because nobody wanted to make this movie. Nobody thought it was going to be what it was. And nobody was really interested. And it had a very, um, should I say, challenging production with filming location and all, all kinds of stuff. So that's just sort of a bonus. If you have Netflix and you watch that show and you haven't seen the Home Alone episode, go check it out because it's really interesting to see. But this movie came out when I was young as a teenager and I put it on my list for two reasons. Number one, the nostalgia of it because I did see it as a kid, but more than anything, it's the music. It's the score. John Williams scored the, the movie and 
to be honest, it's probably one of my top 10 favorite John Williams works. And boy, he has a long, long list of fantastic stuff. But Home Alone, to me, is is Christmas it's Christmas music. Um, of course, that is the number one reason. But it also... Look, I know there's people of the opinion that Kevin McAllister is an absolute brat. Maybe he is. But he defended his house. He knew there was a threat. And he defended the, his house. And how can you not grow up a brat when you're surrounded by the family he has? I mean, let's be honest, right? I think Home Alone covers the most important themes of Christmas. You know, what? Oh, family, really? okay. you know, mm-hmm. he's a brat and he learns the importance. He just, he's all he wishes for is just for his family to come home after wishing they were not that there yeah. in the first place. Yeah. You know, um, he talks to the old guy in the church and yes. learns the importance of togetherness yes. and forgiveness. Yes. Um, reconciliation, reconciliation, home defense, <laughs> um, you know, channeling aggression, using and, <laughs> your natural surroundings to your benefit. And, Those are central themes of Christmas. And cartoon violence. Mostly cartoon violence. Yes. Yeah. Some of them, I, I have movies that are some of my favorites, like the images or lines, they stick with me. I think that's the case for most people, like the, the, those iconic images. And, you know, everybody loves when Kevin, you know, does the aftershave thing. and does. The, I mean, people were doing that, like, on a daily basis when this movie came out in the 80s. Like, he, they smack their cheeks and just scream at the top of their lungs. But the scream that I think is more iconic than that is when... Um, you know, and, and I'm drawing a blank on everything right now with the characters' names and the actors, but the I know... The Wet Bandits. The, the Wet Bandits, right. But uh, Marv is mm-hmm. one. Uh, Marv is the tall one. Marv is the tall one. Do you remember Joe Pesci's uh, name? I don't. But I remembered it's Joe Pesci, so we're just going to go with it. So Joe Pesci's character uh, comes up to Marv, whose name is something to do with Daniel. I'm drawing a blank and I'm embarrassed about it, but at any rate, it's great. Um so it's when it's when the tarantula is walking across Marv's yeah. chest. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, actually, it's because Kevin puts the thing on his face, right? Mm-hmm. When he screams, I still I don't know what it is about that scream that resonates with me so much, but I just I giggle incessantly every single time that happens. And you know, is it the most redeeming movie in the world? And there's good themes in it, but yeah, it really is just sort of fun cartoon violence. But for me, it's it's the music and the, um, the nostalgia that just runs this movie right up the charts. And I'll watch it, you know, every and, Christmas time. I, I just love watching it. And when you're a kid, like I remember being a kid watching that movie and I was like, that's so fun. That's I a wanna, good point. I want to do that. That's a good point but too. it it's mature enough where you can be an adult. Like even now when I watch it, you still get that childlike wonder from it. It's true. And that's because of the music. That is a very good point. I will tell you though the the scene with him and his older his old old neighbor in the church is uh, is really it's beautiful. Deep. It's it really is. deep. It's very beautiful. It's so quiet, and the fact that the man is there to see his granddaughter, and he has he doesn't have much of a relationship with his son. And then at the end, when Kevin is looking out the window and seeing that they've arrived for Christmas, and the advice that he gave the older gentleman. Uh, was some the results of it were playing out in front of his eyes was it's a beautiful beautiful idea so that's and, mine and he's so funny <laughs> Kevin McAllister yeah like he he goes to the convenience store and yes. he's like 
Is this toothbrush approved by the dental? <laughs> yeah, the yeah, that's pretty good. But one of my, the other one that I think is funny is when he's buying the groceries and the lady is just like, uh, you know, clearly concerned that he's yeah. by himself. And he's like, I'm eight. He's like, um, of course I wouldn't be alone. My mom's in the car. You know, and back in, I don't know if that would ever fly now, but back in those days, it sort of did. It's like, what's your address? You're a stranger. Do you know if, what did you, oh, hold on, I have a coupon for that one. (laughs) And then when the the groceries, like the grocery bags just uh, tear and all of this stuff falls out. It's iconic. Okay, I have a question. Okay. Home Alone 1 or Home Alone 2? No, there's no, no. For me, there's no contest. Home Alone 1. I agree. And you know what? I, based on all the people that I've talked to recently about it, they're on Home Alone 2. Really? And I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I think a lot of it has to do with like, it's, um, it's newer, right? And it doesn't have, well, like just the feeling of it, right? It's a little bit more like in your face and peppy, and they're going to New York. You're talking about doing... the sequel with with Mulcahy Culkin. Yeah, it lost in New York. It lost in New York. Yeah, and I don't know. I always thought everyone liked the first one more. Well, but a lot of people that I talked to recently, and even I, I've been seeing some people on the internets, they've been talking about Home Alone Two lost in New York. Very interesting. I guess. You die the hero, or you live long enough to become the villain. That's Do you feel that strongly about Home Alone Two: Lost in New York? Uh huh. Yeah. You, you don't like I, it? I don't. I don't. I, I. I think I've only seen it a couple times, and that was when it first came out. And then maybe um, because I was bored sometime in the last thirty years, because very forgettable. All I remember about that movie, in my opinion, is the lady with the birds, which. I believe does have a nice message with with that in that storyline. Yeah. But everything else was sort of just the rehash of now I'm gonna I'm gonna punish the wet bandits in New York instead of at my house. So yeah, no, I'll pass on Home Alone too. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Uh, what's next on your Mount Rushmore? I am gonna hit you with what I think is probably the most under the radar. Okay. Christmas movie okay. and it's like right up my alley. Okay. The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, the live action with Jim Carrey. Oh, so happy you brought this up. As happy as you brought up the Charlie Brown Christmas special. So please, t- the the live action Jim Carrey How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Go. It is so not Christmas <laughs> that it's the best possible route to take because it's jim carrey <laughs> being so jim carrey over the top jim carrey and that's saying a lot i'm and the humor in it is just like there's a lot of physical humor yeah. which it's you know it's great it's funny whatever but physical humor sort of like reaches a limit yeah but it's the perfect balance between physical humor and meta commentary but also just like really good writing and it's a really cute story and it's so you know, the, like I said about the meta commentary, I think that's sort of a thing a lot around a lot of Christmas movies, mm-hmm. um, because you're either like super cheesy, corny Christmas movie, or you're making fun of it, right? But there's not a lot of like in between. Yeah. It. And oh my god, I just I die at every time he's talking to the echo in his cave. <laughs> echo, echo. Yeah. How are you? Yeah. You're an idiot. <laughs> I just I love that movie so much. I I have a complicated history with this movie. Interesting. The 
The first thing I'll share is that I have seen it. I resisted seeing it for a long time. Be- Why is that? Because I am a huge fan of the original television special. Of course, I would be. Because it's great. It, it's awesome. It's fantastic. I love it. it is amazing. It's amazing. And I'm especially a fan of the song, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which plays throughout in different parts, but throughout the original animated special. I'm a fan of that song because I think the writing is brilliant. It uses such colorful, descriptive language. and well, Yeah, the narration throughout the entire movie and the animated movie is what makes it what it is. It's iconic. It's absolutely iconic. And so that's where I came from. I have a, a real love for How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That's why I'm glad that you brought this up because it's not on my Mount Rushmore because I was just doing movies. I wasn't doing television specials and I wasn't going to talk about Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Now, coming from that point, I went years and years not wanting to see How the Grinch Stole Christmas just because I didn't. I learned my lesson here. Just because you see one thing does not ruin another thing, right? I was afraid that because they remade How the Grinch Stole Christmas, that somehow that would make my favorite How the Grinch Stole Christmas disappear some way or become worse. That's not the case. That's not the case. It's sort of like the the Last Jedi Luke Skywalker debate. People say that they that they ruined Luke Skywalker. Well, no, he, that didn't change anything from the previous Luke Skywalker. And I'm a personal huge fan of The Last Jedi, and I love what they did with Luke Skywalker. But his treatment in that movie didn't change anything about your previous Luke Skywalker. And after seeing... How the Grinch Stole Christmas. There is a lot to like about this movie. Um, Jim Carrey, first and foremost, earned every cent of his salary. That guy worked hard, <laughs> hard in this movie. Uh, and then some of the themes it explores, even though it's in your face and over the top with like the Who's and their love of Christmas. I'm sorry to admit, but it, it sort of feels like we live in a version of that now with uh, when, you, when you look around television commercials and um, sometimes when you're walking into a mall, if you're brave enough to walk into a mall right now and see people buying their Christmas presents, it's really not that different sometimes than what we're seeing in Whoville. So, yes, I have I've had a long journey with this movie and I feel like it is... Uh, it is definitely enjoyable and it has its merits. And you're right because um, it, it is sort of Shrek-like with its humor that it goes over the kids' heads, but the but the the adults or the parents can sort of be like, uh, yeah, I, I see what you're talking about there. So yeah, I, I have had a complicated history with it, but it's it, it's definitely one that uh, is is a classic in its own right. So and. I think it's supposed to feel like what you're thinking of, but I mean the the fact that Susie Lou Who is now in a metal rock band. Is she? She is. Oh, I swear to God, look it up. Look it up. She is in a she's a singer awesome. in a rock band, and I think that while it might not have a ton to do with the Grinch, I'm gonna attribute it to that. Why not? I'm going to go with it. Uh, also, wonderful song, too. The the big um, Where Are You Christmas is one of the best modern Christmas songs. And modern Christmas songs can be really, really, really hit or miss. But that one is, is definitely a, a beaut. I agree. Uh, so the next one on my list is Unorthodox. 
it has one of the um, most sarcastic and deadpan actors you'll ever see in a Christmas movie, uh, as well as another thing he has on his resume is that he was a Ghostbuster, and that movie is Scrooged. Have you ever seen Scrooged? You know, I want to say that I have, but I can't recall. So Scrooged was in, it came out in the 80s, maybe early 90s. Maybe it was early 90s because I remember I was already a teenager because its its humor was really just right up my alley. Bill Murray plays a television executive and it's basically a modern retelling, well, at the time, modern retelling of A Christmas Carol. So, of course, he's heartless. He has people that work for him that are just struggling to get by. He doesn't care about them. He has an old flame, a love of his life that he, because of his cold, crass heart and cutthroat business type of way of doing things, has sort of just fallen out of his life and is not uh, part of it anymore. And he is visited by three ghosts uh, (laughs) over the course of one night. And of course, you know, spoiler alert, if you're not familiar with Christmas Carol, he has a change of heart. He learns what and what how it's important to um, be considerate and caring and loving and good to people around you. But it's told through like an 80s version television executive. And it is it's just weird. It's so weird. There's really no Christmas music in it, so don't go looking for good Christmas songs in it, And but it doesn't need it. And I just love it. It's one of my favorites. So if you don't recall having ever seen it, I would definitely recommend that you go check it out, Luke, because I think it's it's similar to... The humor is similar to your, your, um, your humor, and I think you would enjoy it. It sounds like something I would like. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of on a Christmas movie kick. Well, check it out because I actually think I think it's on HBO Max. I think so. Check it out. Yeah. All right. So that was my next one. How about you? Uh, no, the second one on the third one now on your on your Mount Rushmore. I gotta go. I gotta swing for the fences here. I'm going with a guy who I know is gonna win me games. <laughs> yeah, really, just first ballot, and and you don't like him. Oh. You don't like him. He's a little in your face. It's not for everybody, but you cannot deny the numbers that he put up. Oh, I'm going with Elf. <laughs> Elf with Will Ferrell. And comedy and Christmas don't always go together. No. And I had this conversation with a kid yesterday. And Elf is not a good movie because of Christmas. Okay. It is objectively a good movie. I agree. Like, if you were to make that story about you know it, this isn't a great example but like hypothetically about like the easter bunny or something right it could be about something other than christmas and him being an elf and it would still be funny because it's good writing good acting good story yes i i, I figured you would have more to say because this movie is is incredible i quote this movie <laughs> 365 days a year <laughs> what it, is the most used elf quote that you have Francisco. <laughs> Francisco. Okay, can I, I will, just... Tell... I will answer the phone and I will say, Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? <laughs> or I like to call people Cottonhead and Ninny Muggins. Cottonhead and Ninny Muggins. <laughs> or oh, I God. say this one a ton. Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. 
love this movie so much. <laughs> I do. It's so good. It's also on my route, Mount Rushmore. I was I was holding it on. I was holding on to it, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it out there now because this is this is my one of my choices as well. It actually works out nicely this way, but yeah, I agree with you. I'm gonna piggyback on Elf. Um, we went to New York a few years ago after after uh, Caleb graduated from high school, right? Mm-hmm. So it was 2017. We took a family trip to New York. We'd never been there before. How many times do you think we said, "Watch out for the yellow ones because they don't stop"? Yeah, yellow ones don't stop. How many? How many times did we say did we say that in the five days we were in New York? Upwards of a dozen, a day, a day. I think because every it seemed like every time we saw a taxi cab, we would just we would say, "Watch out for that one." The yellow ones don't stop. Um, I I don't know why, but I constantly say, "Oh, you're an angry elf." <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's... congratulations. World's best, best cup, cup of, of coffee. coffee. So here's the thing, though, and and I'm going to admit this for everyone to hear. Here I am in my upper 40s, my late 40s, and as funny as this movie is, the ending of this movie makes me emotional every single time I watch it. And it's at the end when everybody's gathered around uh, the... The news where the news reporter is, mm-hmm. and Buddy's dad has shown up, and Buddy's mom is there. Well, her, you know, the the stepmom is there, and uh, Zoe Deschanel, new girl, his girlfriend is there, and they're all singing. And every single time they, that scene is developing, I just I'm so into it. I just love that scene so much. And then you know, of course, it's Zoe Deschanel that starts it off, right? Mm-hmm. And she's got this thing about singing in front of people. And Buddy the Elf tells her, um, just you know, what, I don't know what the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all, for all to, to hear. hear. And then she does it. So it's awesome. Like she gets over that and she knows that she's going to help by singing in front of people. And then uh, Mary Steenburgen plays the, uh, the, the stepmom. And I always think it's so funny because she sings so poorly. Like she's so off key and she's like a Broadway performer. <laughs> and I don't know why they decided, no, Mary, you need to sing badly, but go ahead and sing bad. I just think it's so funny. Do you think that it took multiple takes? Like they were performing Probably. And, and she was, like, all right, your turn. And she would sing, like, no, 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 worse. So it was directed by John Favreau, right? Yeah. So because, and, and there's just another reason why his legend is just uh, and otherworldly. He also has this to his credit. So I can just imagine their conversation. He says, no, no, Mary, try it bad. Why don't you try it poorly? Let's see how that comes out. And then she does. And she's like, a, yeah. she's a super, super talented Broadway performer and actress. But then the funniest part, and the part that gets me the most, is when James Kahn who is one of the most hard-nosed actors out there, he decides to belt out the last part and the sleigh goes flying over them all. I just, <laughs> I am, I get enveloped in this movie every single time. Oh, it's great. Because Do you it's... remember what he does for work? <laughs> yeah, uh, James Conn you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a book editor. Like he, He's he, a book, a children's yeah. book editor. Yeah. And the first scene you see with him is after they talk about how he's on the naughty list. Mm-hmm. And there's a nun 
And he's like, we're taking the books back. And she's like, but the children yeah, love the books. And he goes, yeah, well, you know, we're taking care. it back. It's <laughs> a cutthroat New York executive. The the snowball fight scene, the part the when he first gets to uh, to New York, can I just pause and say that the music in this movie is phenomenal too? It is. And it's not even just Christmas music. It's just, it, it's other non-Christmas, but it's used so perfectly. So I think he's just like skipping through New York when he first gets there out of the Lincoln Tunnel. And he's eating, <laughs> he's eating the gum off of the yeah. railings. <laughs> and he's doing his thing. He's like skipping across the crosswalk lines. And Pennies from Heaven is playing through the whole scene. Yeah. And it's not a Christmas song, It's but it's yeah. perfectly placed. It's just so good. Oh, another one that I always use all the time is after he rips out his 18-second-long belt, and he says, did you hear that? I <laughs> just die laughing every single time. You oh like gosh. sugar, don't you? Does syrup have sugar? <laughs> yes. Then, then yes. yes. <laughs> there was a Buddy the Elf gift set I saw, and maybe it was online or maybe it was in a store, but it had a it had a bottle of maple sh- a maple syrup in it. And I don't know what else had other crazy things, but it was all like very sugary, very sugary. Um, But yeah, fantastic movie. Honestly, I do consider this a Christmas movie, but I would watch this if they if a random television show uh, television channel put it on. I would watch it in July. I don't care. I think it's so funny. I make it a point to watch it during the summer. Do you really? I do. (laughs) I really do. It's just so well made and so well acted and so well written. All of it is just great. Just great. So, all right. Well, I piggybacked on your elf, uh, Mount Rushmore. So this one is your last uh, last one on that mountain in South Dakota. Well, you know, I thought about changing mine because I, you've already said it, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to because I don't want to mess with the sanctity of this. Oh. Right? Tom Malone. Oh, okay. Tom Malone. And... There are a lot of other great Christmas movies. There really are. But when I think Christmas, the consensus one and two between all, from all the kids that I talk to, and keep in mind, these are kids from like all over, all over Southern California, 11, 12, 13 years old, and they all mention Home Alone and they all mention Elf. Sure. Every single one. I asked them what their Mount Rushmore's were, and I got some really interesting answers. Sure. And I'll, I'll tell you who said certain things later. They're hilarious. Like a kid said, uh, with like right off the bat, I was like, "What's your favorite Christmas movie?" A Muppet's Christmas Carol. Nice. Like, just immediately had it in his back pocket. I think but I can't wait to find out who that was because that, that's a solid answer. Everybody said consensus one and two was Elf and Home Alone. Okay. And they're similar because they're both sort of funny. It's a little slapstick. Yeah, a little slapstick. Some heart. And, yeah, and some physical humor and everything. Also, I forgot to mention, you're not the real Santa. You smell like beef and cheese. You sit on a throne of you lies. Sit on a throne of lies. If you're the real Santa, then what did I see you on your birthday? Happy birthday. Damn it. Um, but yeah, Home Alone, it's awesome. And I remember, I don't remember watching it for the first time as a kid, but I remember one of, I remember the first time remembering watching it. Yeah. And I remember it was during winter break one time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I know that movie. And I threw it on. And I remember just enjoying it so much. Yeah. And I was sitting in my PJs, drinking my hot chocolate, just bouncing up and down on the couch because <laughs> Kevin McAllister was <laughs> running around. Was doing the same thing? Well, and he was like, 
I just I've related to that so much where he's, you know, he's so happy. He doesn't have to go to school or anything. He's got all this time. He's shooting his BB gun at the little toy soldiers and everything. <laughs> Climbing his brother's shelves. And yeah, and it's just I think that it's probably everyone's consensus favorite Christmas movie. Like if you polled people, I think that would be the number one answer. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should do that, but it would be difficult to come up with the other ones. Oh, that it would be fun to do like um, like a Christmas movie contest where you do like sixteen, like a sweet sixteen of Christmas movies. But you know, it's doable. It is. It is doable. Uh, well, I'm I'm glad you brought it up. I can see your point about kids' appeal, the appeal to kids, I should say, because yeah, it is a little kid, is a young young person that's taking control of a situation that he's sort of helpless in. So not only is it fun and funny and slapstick and uh, nostalgic and has heart, but it also it, it has that going for it too. Where Kevin McAllister is a, a young kid in an uh, in a con- in a out of control situation where he takes control. So of course, young kids are gonna resonate with that. I think that's that's. Um, probably something that will keep it on people's minds for a long, long, long time. Especially when it's wrapped up in such a nice, pretty package with a great shiny bow like it is. Yeah. But really, it's just the score. It's John Williams' score. <laughs> you know, he wasn't originally going to do that. They reached out to him as like a, uh, this is a fun fact from that the, that Netflix show that I was talking about, but it, um, they, they did it as almost like never expecting to hear back. They sent the script to him. They sent the, yeah, it was the script just out of like Hey, you know, let's let's send this to John Williams. It wasn't a joke, but it wasn't something that was they expected. And he loved it. He said he loved the story, he loved the script, and he absolutely wanted to do it. And they couldn't believe that they had just won the musical lottery like, yeah. they, like they had. I mean, come on. And they got to pay millions and millions and millions of dollars for him to do it. <laughs> yeah. Then they went to the studio and said, We need a little bit more yeah. music budget. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of music. The last one on my list, and we've had a lot of modern and fun and funny uh, movies that we've talked about, but I couldn't have a Mount Rushmore of, of Christmas songs, I mean Christmas movies, unless I had White Christmas on it with Bing Crosby. I adore this movie, and I adore every minute of all three hours of it, because I think it runs close to three hours. It's a long movie. It's incredible. You want to talk about hitting you in the feels. Like, that's the thing, right? Is that what the kids say? Mm -hmm. That really hits me in the feels. That man's voice, just the song alone, is incredible. But the movie... Oh, I didn't see this movie until I was an adult. The first time I watched this movie, I think you and Caleb were sitting on the couch with Mom and I. Didn't see it growing up. Of course, I love the music. The song especially, White Christmas. Of course. But I had never seen the movie. We, I watched it as an adult, and now I don't want another year to end without watching this movie again. Um, that's to say that when we started watching it, I had no idea what was happening when it started with a scene in World War II. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a scene in, in war, right? And the general, uh, I believe he's a, he was a general. I apologize if the rank is wrong. but I believe he is. He's retiring, saying goodbye. And then there's the big attack and a very important plot point when um, when one of them is saved by the other one. Uh, and then that's a, a thing that gets guilted over him for the rest of, the rest of his <laughs> life, basically. Um, and I just didn't expect where it started 
and how it was going to end. And it is one of the most heartfelt, feel good. It's, it's, it's such a wonderful story. Two super successful performers, you know, crossing paths with these two sisters that, you know, are a smaller act. They have enough, they have some um, success of their own, but they, they all hook up together and go up to this this lodge, expecting there to be snow and skiing, and it's just a drought and nothing's yeah. happening. And they find their old leader of their battalion, and what they do for him—it's another one that that gets me emotional at the end when he comes in and they're they're doing the whole thing and, and they're all standing at attention. And they're not they're not doing this as a show for themselves. They're literally bringing people in to this man's lodge. So that he doesn't have to, it's not even about losing the lodge, but he doesn't have to feel like a failure. Yeah. Because that's what that man, that very proud, very accomplished man, he feels like a failure because this is not going the way he expected it to. So these two men reach out and use their resources to help another person. And if, I mean, if that's not a a wonderful Christmas message, then nothing is. And then the sub story with the, the love story about, is wonderful and then of course Bing Crosby everyone that sings in that in that movie are is just incredible will <laughs> so it doesn't snow very much around here right um not as long as i've been here but there there is uh maybe a time once a year if we're lucky where it gets cold enough that if it rains that's two very, very difficult things for Southern California, right? So is it cold enough? And then is it going to rain at the same time? Where we have, now we live in a valley, so we have mountains all around us. There's a mountain just east of where we live that if it gets cold enough and it rains on that day where it gets cold enough, there'll be some snow at the very top. And every single time it happens, one of us, if mom or I see that, we'll look at each other and we'll, we'll look and we'll say, snow snow because that song itself is fantastic the music in it is so good sisters snow uh, all of it the white christmas is not the only great song in that but it is the one that is you know the the iconic one so yeah white christmas is a feel-good fun old-timey incredible movie that i i think i want to go watch it right now so um that's our mount rushmore do you have any um what they what are they called? Uh, honorable mentions. Any honorable mentions? Uh, yeah, I'll go with two real quick. Uh, Christmas Vacation. Christmas. I have that as well. Vacation is phenomenal. It's not as good as Vacation. No. But I think it's only because it's limited to Christmas. Sure, sure. Vacation can happen anytime. Christmas Vacation can only happen during Christmas. Yes. But with that being said, it's a phenomenal movie. Watched it yesterday. Great movie. Oh, did you really? Yeah. I also watched yesterday the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Oh, did you? Great movie. I'm looking forward to watching that, and I'm looking forward to oh, having a conversation with you guys about it, as a matter of fact. You haven't seen it? I have not. Not yet. Good movie. Is it a movie, or is it like an hour, like Werewolf uh, by Night? Yeah, it's like an hour. I think it's like maybe a little... Yeah, probably around an hour. Yeah. Um... Spoiler alert, uh, that's going to be in the future here coming up pretty soon. I can't wait to watch it, and I want to have a, a talk with you guys about it, and uh, we'll put that Weirdly enough, it does move the plot a little bit. Interesting. Like, it, not substantially. Hello. But, you know, it, it does touch a little bit on, in, in two aspects, about, like, you know, 
the state of the MCU and whatnot. Really? Yeah. So I didn't expect that at all. So now I'm really looking forward to seeing what. All right. Uh, I also had Christmas Vacation as an honorable mention. That movie literally is vacation dressed up like a Christmas tree, but like an over the top. Yeah. They go hard in that movie. <laughs> like they the one of the last scenes is fireworks out of a sewer because of some sewage pump that's been pumping into it and a thing flying across like a lawn decoration flying across the house and the grandma is singing the national anthem. I mean, (laughs) that is weird stuff, but it also is very (laughs) ridiculous and funny. Um, I had gremlins. Interesting. Gremlins as an honorable mention. I don't recall when the movie came out, but it clearly takes place in Christmas. It does. Doesn't he receive during Christmas time? Doesn't he receive the Mogwai as a Christmas present? He may just do that, yeah. I think Mogwai. he does. I yeah. think he does. Yeah, I used to I used to run around talking like a Mogwai when I was a kid. I think I had a stuffed Mogwai. There is a stuffed Mogwai somewhere here on our property. It was mine as a kid, so yeah, it, w- it would make sense. Um I don't I've never seen this movie, so it's not technically an honorable mention, but I was looking through HBO Max and what they have on for on their little holiday uh, thing. Did do you know that there's a movie called Harold and Kumar's 3D Christmas movie? I don't know, but it's a hell of a title. It is. Did you know that Barney from How I Met Your Mother is in it? Interesting. Neil yeah. Patrick Neil, pa- Neil Patrick Harris is in Love it. Love me so some Neil. I have never seen any of the um, Harold and Kumar movies. I know there are a few, but they apparently have a 3D Christmas one. A- at any rate, um, it's there for HBO Max if you're ever interested in seeing it. Um, yeah, all right. I loved it. This is this is great. Um, let's go watch White Christmas, as a matter of fact, or something like that. Uh, any final thoughts on Christmas movies and, and to, to head us to head us off into the the post episode Christmas season? I have a question. Okay. Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Christmas movie or not? I can't comment because I've seen the movie once, and I don't remember anything. All I know is that that this is Halloween song was very very popular on the social media this past year. Yeah, yeah. It, it, so you answer that question yourself. Interesting. Yeah. Well, let us know. Let us know what you think. Oh, so you're you're not going to give us your opinion on it? Um. Well, you know. No, I'm not. I mean, it's it's sort of like the life that it has now. And I'm not saying that I didn't like it. I just don't really remember it. I only saw it years ago. Santa's in it. Okay. Rudolph is in it. It's about like the town getting ready for Christmas. Okay. But it doesn't feel like Christmas. See, I always thought it was a Halloween movie because it gets so popular on Halloween. Well, because they live in a town that's like centered around Halloween and they're all like Halloween characters. Interesting. Is this See? on uh is this on Disney Plus? I think so, actually. Yeah. That makes sense if it were, I would imagine, because I know Yeah, yeah, it should be. Maybe I'll give it a shot. Maybe I'll give it. I haven't seen it, like I said, in years, and I really don't remember anything about it. But final thought, final, 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 really final thought. You brought up Rudolph, and how could I... It, since you brought up some TV specials, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was my absolute favorite when I was a kid with the, like, stop motion. It's so good. It's amazing. Absolutely loved it um, with a passion. I loved that. You know, and, and it's sort of funny is because back when I was growing up, Christmas wasn't really a month-long party like it is now after, you know, it's sort of even consuming Thanksgiving. But it was really like the holiday specials and the Christmas music 
stuff didn't start coming out to like the week of Christmas. And even when we were, when I was a kid, we didn't really start decorating until maybe a, a couple weeks. If you did it a couple weeks before it was early because the Christmas trees would die. Like you couldn't put them up too long because the needles would fall off. They would be dry. And, you know, there was even tragedies where, you know, people, you know, they would catch on fire and things. So you had to be careful about when you put that up. So now, you know, I'm up there Thanksgiving weekend, I'm putting up Christmas lights and getting out the Christmas <laughs> decorations and I I'm down for it. I love it. But yeah, as, as a kid growing up, it wasn't nearly uh, as long as a season as it is now. Um, so those TV specials, the ones you brought up, Charlie Brown, Grinch, and Rudolph, uh, were really like super, super big deal for me as a kid because that was when Christmas was around the corner. Was when those thing, those TV shows were on the on the on the television. So yeah. really, a lot of fun memories with with that. And with that, we will say thank you for listening to the Colby cast this episode. We appreciate uh, the support and all the love and feedback. We would love to hear what your Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies would be. So send a tweet, send an Instagram, uh, and also check out the uh, the Colby cast um, social feeds because I'm sending pictures of our pocket pops from the advent calendar. And there are some fun ones, some fun, fun, creative little uh, mini figurines of uh, Funko Pop Christmas themed Star Wars stuff. So uh, check it out and thank you again for listening. I uh, hope everybody has a wonderful week and take care of each other. Goodbye. You can find The Colby Cast on Twitter and Instagram at The Colby Cast. If you're wordy, like me, you can send an email to thecolbycast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything for that matter. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Colby cast, unless otherwise indicated. That'll do, donkey. That'll do.